The border continues to be an issue. The problems at the border continue to grow, and this media apparatchik has simply decided it's not worth discussing. I have said it before, and I will say it again. Representative Ocasio-Cortez does not care about the lives of young Latino children, or is it Latinx children? I can't keep up with what she says. But she doesn't care about their lives. She used to cry at the border. Now she doesn't even show up. Now she doesn't even talk about it. She favors the regime in Cuba. Why does she hate Cuban children? I'll get to that story in a little bit. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, at Tony Katz. Kurt Schlichter is with townhall.com. He's also a trial lawyer, retired a member of the U.S. military, a full army colonel and has turned himself into the author extraordinaire he had started with his own uh, books uh, published at amazon then went into the world of publishing and through it all with militant normals and 21 lies about donald trump and you these are books that i actually did the audio book of he started creating a series and the series is based around a character by the name of kelly turnbull But the series is based on the idea of really this dystopian America. And as he goes through this series, one book after another, you're forced to question whether or not he's talking about a dystopian America, our America, and as he discusses it time and again in his forwards, the America he doesn't want to see. The latest book, Split, by Kurt Schlichter, The Split. It is available at Amazon.com. You can get the book. It is the number one bestseller in political fiction. Kurt Schlichter joins us right now. People have written about the books and attacked you. You, you, you do well on Twitter. You, 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 you're, you're popular in, in, in social media, and they, they hate you for it. They hate the fact that the books are successful, and they sell incredibly well, specifically those audiobooks by yours truly. But in, in, in near every forward, you write this idea about how, look, this we got to do something before we get to here. So talk me through how you came up with this, this book idea, this character, Kelly Turnbull. And as you get to book number six in the Kelly Turnbull series, The Split, which, is you, can, which you can find at Amazon.com, is this where you think we are or is this your fear scenario of where we're going? Well, thanks for having me, Tony. Uh I don't know if we would go exactly where this is. You have uh, the country splits into blue states, red states, and the blue states are like uh, California times a faculty lounge times 100. And, of course, the red state guy, Kelly Turnbull, has to go in and do missions in there, and you you see what he sees. Uh, Are are we there yet? I I don't know. Something's got to happen. Something's got to give because uh, America really is at least – uh, in its in its soul split in two beside, between people who like freedom and people who want to submit to this kind of left wing CRT fascist nightmare where they get just enough to uh, you know to live but not really live as free people and that makes them perfectly happy. It's kind of pathetic. Uh, yeah, I, I I do worry about this stuff, and that was one of the inspirations for the book. There was, of course, Andrew Breitbart who famously said politics is downstream from culture. We've got to make our own stuff. I, you know, I, I like, I like adventure books. I like action packed stuff. I like humor. 
I thought I said, well, I'm just going to write my own. And I did. And People's Republic has sold, you know, tens of thousands of copies. And the split is flying off the electronic shelf. You know, uh, that uh, guy who's a potato, what's his name, Brian Stelter? He sold uh, 2,000 of his own book, first book, or his latest book in the first week. I've sold 3,000 in the first 60 hours. And I don't have a giant publishing house or a TV uh, airport lounge entertainment network uh, on my side. So I'm pretty happy and I'm pretty grateful to uh, the conservative fan base who've uh, uh, really supported the Kelly Turnbull books. Part of your your driving point of view, and, and I've seen this now in having not only uh, voiced your books, I voiced the first Kelly Turnbull book, the, the audio book, my first turn at doing fiction, which, trust me, I, 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 would, I would do it differently this time around. I learned a lot from that first uh, process. Part of your, 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 your point of view... Uh, though is is the idea that our our problem is not that we have systems is that we have allowed people who knew the system who we allowed to work in the systems to destroy those systems and they won't even take responsibility for it you play very often in the uh, and, and you saw uh, Glenn Reynolds over at uh, Pajamas Media and Instapundent writing about this recently, the suicide of expertise. You, you, yep. Your point of view comes from the idea that these people who are supposed to be the experts have led us astray, and they won't even have the common decency to get out of the way. That, that's absolutely true. We have institutions. Many of them came into being around World War II, and they're old. And you know, we have a ruling class, that is the people who run the institutions, uh, that is exhausted morally and spiritually. It, if you look at it, you know, I, I always point out the World War II generation, what did they do? They won World War II. They beat the Great Depression. The 60s, the, the ruling class in the 60s, they did civil rights. That's a huge change. They put a man on the moon. These are huge achievements. What has the ruling class we have now done? Okay, Wall Street, Iraq, and Grindr. I'm sorry. It's not much of a legacy. Uh, you, you, you cut out for a second. All I heard, you ended with grinder, and then you cut out for a second. That was, that was <laughs> what, a weird yeah, spot what, what, to what, stop, what man. What modern uh, uh, you know, ruling class given this? Uh, Iraq, Wall Street, meltdowns, and grinder. It, 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 they have not achieved anything. And, Tony, you're right about accountability. Here's the thing. They have denied the ability. They have denied our right to hold them accountable. They are, and, and when you can't hold somebody accountable, he stops achieving. And they have stopped achieving because there's no price for failure. They've ensured that the, the, the real goal isn't to do their jobs. It's to maintain their position. And if you can't maintain your position through success, and they can't, you've got to do it through things like silencing people, arresting people. Uh, and that's exactly what they're doing. Talking to Kurt Schlichter, the book, The Split... Available at Amazon.com. It is the sixth in the Kelly Turnbull series. Just look for the split or Kurt Schlichter, S-C-H-L-I-C-H-T-E-R. It is the number one bestseller in political fiction. Right now, you bring up General Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, who is continuing to defend the military on the idea of we're we're not woke and we're not taking a position. We are not political. There's not a political bone in, in my body. How else do you become a general if there's not a political bone in your body? 
Well, first of all, you're supposed to be political as a general. The idea of saying, oh, that general's political. Well, of course he's political. He has to interact with political actors, uh, both American and otherwise. That's part of the job. That is not the problem. There's nothing wrong with, quote, being political. It's having the characteristics of a bad or obnoxious or venal politician, and that he does. Uh, he is sucked up to one side of the political spectrum, uh, pretended it is the only moral side, and totally alienated the conservative side, which is, frankly, the side that provides the bulk of America's military power. I don't see a lot of people from Santa Monica or, you know, the upper west side of Manhattan, I think that's where the rich people are, uh, going down to the recruiter's office. It's, uh, you know, the American military is primarily uh, rural, uh, middle and lower middle class uh, Americans making up the ranks, and middle class American uh, college graduates making up the uh, officer corps. That's where the army comes from, and that's the people he's attacking for the benefit of the politicians. He is part of the establishment. He believes this stuff. And even though he was personally heroic as, uh, when he was uh, on the front lines, and he was apparently a very good battalion commander as a lieutenant colonel, uh, he has been promoted beyond his uh, competence, and he is destroying our military. And it's uh, a real shame, and a lot of people are going to get killed by it. Let's get back uh, to to the books. Talk me through uh, the split, because as you have written uh, the series there in the last book, uh, Crisis, uh, America decides, okay, we're going to play this two-nation game. We've got blue states and red states, and, and we're good. Take us through what it is the split has to offer. Well, look, the, the, the split comes after or a few months after Crisis, and Crisis... Uh, uh, America figures out, you know, we're not going to solve this. We need to split in two, and they divide up. The split examines what has happened right after that. How does that actually work? What does it look like? And it, 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 it frankly looks depressing. Uh, you know, the left wing's running free to do whatever it wants. It's got no one to stop them. It's almost like California. And, in, in, and one thing you have to understand, there is no bottom. It can't be so bad that the left is going to say, we're wrong, someone else has to take charge. Like Venezuela, they'll double down. You know, when you're eating, you know, when your people are eating zebras at the zoo because there's no meat, that's an indicator you're doing something wrong. For these guys, for, for what really happens in Venezuela, it doesn't matter. Because the only thing that matters is their own power. And they do fight for power, and Kelly Turnbull gets caught in the middle of a power struggle. He is the the main character, the driving force in uh, the books, The Split. You can find it at Amazon.com. Uh, get it. Now, now look, uh, Kurt's been a friend for a million years. Kurt is is my actual personal lawyer. I do the voices uh, for for his books. There's absolutely truth to the fact that I have had him on today because of this exact purpose. But there is a part two. And it is the idea of what it is that Amazon has created in terms of opportunity. You saw Jeff oh, yeah. Bezos go to almost space in his phallic-shaped rocket ship. and Or phallic, phallus-shaped rocket ship. And you heard people be angry with Jeff Bezos and disgusted with Jeff Bezos. And, 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 and you've got Representative Ocasio-Cortez angry as she's ever been. 
Talk to me about the ability to self-publish when clearly you could have taken this to a publishing house. You've got the juice. You've got the town hall uh, columns. You're known as a writer. You've got success on your side. Why the self-publishing, and how is that going? Well, first of all, I, I support uh, Bezos' right to uh, uh, launch himself in his space penis. It's his money. and do what he wants with it. Uh, the fact is he's not lighting the money on fire. He's employing tens of thousands of people. So if you want to make a moral argument, you can. I don't think there is a moral argument to make. It's his money. He should do what he wants with it as long as he doesn't hurt anyone else. Um, as for the self-publishing thing, look, I publish traditional nonfiction, but no major publishing house will touch my fiction, even though I outsell them regularly. I, you know, right now, Brad Thor has his new book out. My book is within 50 in all of Amazon's 2 million uh, books of Brad Thor. No publishing house will hit me. It's politically incorrect. Jeff Bezos has created an opportunity where you can professionally publish it, but my books are indistinguishable from a book you would buy from, uh, uh, you know, Simon and Schuster or whoever. Indistinguishable. People don't distinguish between them anymore either. They don't care. Somebody says, hey, this isn't from a major publishing house. You're right, and I love it. Uh, it provides an opportunity for voices like ours to be heard. And when the left finds that, figures that out, I expect them to uh, crack down on it. But, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. Now, there's weird stuff on there. Uh, you know, sitting at about 25 is something called Seal Daddy, which is apparently some sort of weird romance thing. But, you know, everybody's got a voice. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe yours is Seal Daddy. Maybe yours is The Split. Uh, maybe yours is Harry Potter. Whatever. The, 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 the technology that... Uh, Bezos made available where you can effectively publish your own book, which I've done, and you can get in paperback, and it's a real paperback. It's got barcode and everything, uh, or on an ebook, and it's a real ebook. Uh, the technology has really opened up the ability for us to participate, and that's important. The conservatives need to participate in the culture. I'm just waiting for some really rich guys to stop giving money to the Heritage Foundation for white papers. And start, you know, making their own shows. Uh, I, I, I'm working on it as fast as I can and having some interesting levels of success. Kurt Schlichter is his name. You can find him on Twitter. The book, The Split by Kurt Schlichter, book six in the Kelly Turnbull series at Amazon.com. Buy them all. Start at the beginning, People's Republic, and work your way down and make sure you read The Split. Kurt Schlichter, I appreciate you taking the time. I've got more coming up. I'm Tony Katz. I'm surprised producer Ari even has time to work on the show, considering the parade going on for the Milwaukee Bucks in the uh, winning the NBA championship. I I'm surprised you have time for us, Ari. I, uh, you know, I prioritize the Tony Katz Today program. Is, is, is that what you do? That's right. Huh. Who knew? Who knew? Uh, we were just having this conversation about, about sports, about uh, the NFL and how uh, the commissioner has come out to say that if, if a team has an outbreak of COVID and they're unable to make up the game within the 18-game season, 
the team that had the outbreak forfeits and has to pay financial compensation to the other team. And producer Ari's like, this is crazy. This is insane. I wonder who even cares. You can tell me that ratings are up for the NFL. They're not up for the NBA. They're just not up. Now, I am not someone who plays in the game of get woke, go broke. I think more of it comes to the idea of, are you focused on entertaining me or are you focused on lecturing to me? People don't actually care what your politics are. They just don't want to get lectured to. They want to enjoy and they want to gamble. Producer Ari's point was as long as there's fantasy football and something to bet on, football, uh, you know, the NFL is going to exist. I agree, man. I agree with everything in me. What people don't want is the lecture. And what they got was lectures from people like uh, Le- LeBron and from the league. You know what they're getting from Giannis? Just this really cool dude, happy to have won, driving through Chick-fil-A and getting 50 chicken sandwiches. And having a ball. Like it's, it, I think he's extremely good for the league. I think he's very good for basketball right now. That it wasn't a major market city that won, very, very good for basketball right now. People actually enjoying the game and not in getting in politics, but appreciating the fan base. Very, very good for basketball right now. I don't know anyone. Now, this is anecdotal, of course. I don't know anyone super excited for the new NFL season. Da, 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 da. They're just not. Every day they're going to be, you know, pummeled with some kind of social justice message. Not telling the players how to live their lives. Go live your lives and believe what you believe and do your thing. But can you please not lecture to me? And the NFL is like, nope, nope, we're going to lecture to you. Do you not agree that that's a turnoff, Ari? I, I, I'm a bad person to ask because I don't take any of that stuff personally. Like, you could write... Black Lives Matter, smack dab in the middle of the court in the field. I, I really don't care, but I do see how other people would. I just, I, I get entertainment out of it, and I ignore the other stuff. Okay, well, that, that, that may exist. There may be a whole group of people who see it just like you. There's a whole group of people who don't as well. We'll see where it goes. Meanwhile, what is 1776 curriculum? We're not talking about the commission that President Trump had put together that Biden disbanded amazingly. We're talking about a new way, uh, not a new way, the way of looking at history. And the people at Hillsdale College put something interesting together. How does it compare to the 1619 Project? We'll discuss it coming up next. This is Tony Katz today. So how does one properly confront the 1619 Project? And that you have to confront it is, of course, part of the problem. It's part of the horror. The 1619 Project never should have been put into schools. It's based on a lie admitted to by the creator, Nicole Hannah-Jones, pushed forth by the New York Times as a way of really trying to get people to think about the founding of America. It's a falsehood about the founding of America, the idea that America is founded on slavery. That's the reason they went for a new world. 
No historian believes this. Gordon Wood, amongst others, discounting this this concept, uh, showing it with facts and with data and with logic and with reason. So much so that President Trump had wanted to create the 1776, what was it, is it a coalition or is it a commission? The idea of, of a real civics education, well, that's been blown out by Joe Biden. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. The people over at Hillsdale working through this issue and creating their own 1776 curriculum the question is, how do you get a hold of it? What is its purpose? What are they trying to do with it? And will any school anywhere adopt it, or will you be responsible to your children? Dr. Kathleen O'Toole joins us right now, Assistant Provost for K-12 Education at Hillsdale College, uh, including the Barney Charter School Initiative and the Hillsdale uh, Academy. Spend time at the Founders Classical Academy of Leander, and that's a classical charter school serving 700 students in K through 12, has her MA and her PhD from a Claremont Graduate University, joins us right now. Let's start with the basics. Is this only and solely a response to the 1619 Project, or does this have a greater purpose? Hey, Tony, thanks for having me. Absolutely not. This is, uh, this is not a partisan or political approach to teaching American history. This is a tried-and-true approach to teaching American history, focusing on primary source documents and giving students, rather than the answers to the questions, the ability to ask and answer the questions themselves based on historical evidence. So when you say it's not a response, when you hear 1776 curriculum, you think of that 1776 commission, which President Biden uh, put an end to. You think of the 1619 project. I got to assume I'm not the only person out there who says, "Okay, this has a correlation to what it is the New York Times uh, put forward. Your argument is this is actually just simply a, a smart, valuable way to teach history to students up and down the line. Absolutely. Listen, history is not a weapon. History is, uh, history is something much more complicated than that. And to reduce it to a single principle uh, in the way that the 1619 Project does is to do a disservice to history. Uh, we think, through our experience with classical private and charter schools across the country, that students can be trusted with the evidence themselves. Uh, they can be taught to take a genuinely historical approach to difficult questions like how was it that Thomas Jefferson wrote all men are created equal and then had slaves at the same time? That's a complicated question. And the story uh, that you need to know in order to answer that question thoughtfully is a complicated story. Our job here is to give students the tools that, and teachers the tools that they need in order to understand that complexity, understand that detail, and then venture a responsible answer to that question, one that takes account of both the triumphs and the tragedies in our American story. Let's continue down this line talking to Dr. Kathleen O'Toole, Assistant Provost for K-12 Education at Hillsdale College. Uh, in in this these these larger scale conversations that we've been having uh, in, in in America and and very much really trying to say whoa 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 we don't want this for our kids this is this is not what we value a, a, as an education you see the the rigor that is put into pushing back on an uh, on an academic level and then you see the absolute dismissal 
of that academic level. So when we talk about 1619 Project and you're discussing uh, the discussion of actual history, there are historians, much like yourself, or maybe even uh, further uh, detailed, who have been able to show that the, the concepts behind 1619 were absolutely not based in fact. But that hasn't stopped school systems and so-called educators, academics, from continuing down this line. When we talk about who it is we're educating, when you're talking about the idea of how to teach isn't it more than just teaching kids in school yeah i think that's right i think um i think that in some parts of this country uh we've gotten the idea that it's our responsibility to teach students to teach to learn a certain type of thing about our country uh teach them to feel guilty for our history teach them to you know, try to change the the bad things that have happened in our in our history, and certainly that is a part of good teaching. But if you emphasize only the uh, the things that we should be ashamed of, you get a skewed picture of what our history actually is. And one of the reasons we study history is to understand ourselves, right? Understand the nature of this country in which we live, which shapes us in part as individuals. Uh, so I think we're doing a disservice to students by giving them only part of the story. This curriculum here is for teachers and for students and for parents. I think over the course of the last year, parents have learned uh, more than they ever have in the past what their children are learning in school or not learning in school. Uh, and so we, we want to give you know, the average American teacher, parent, or student the tools to undertake a responsible and um, full study of American history. We've begun with uh, the two most controversial uh, topics uh, based on today's debate, the American founding and the Civil War. And by the end of this year, we're going to fill out uh, the rest of the history by talking about the colonial period and everything up until the present day. The curriculum right now is 2,000 pages long. Uh, we give teachers all of the tools that they need in order to undertake a great American history class, whether they're kindergarten teachers, middle school teachers, or high school teachers. Uh, we, don't, we don't give them a script. We don't do the work for them because that's not what, that's not what real education is. It's a, it's, a, it's a teacher putting the things together in his or her own mind in front of the students. And we want to help people help people do that well for the sake of the understanding of these kids in our country right now and for the sake of the country itself. Talking to Dr. Kathleen O'Toole from Hillsdale College. I, I know I had left you a bit of kind of an open-ended question there that, that wasn't my intention, but it, it it's, it's this larger scale of everything is seen as no it's not this way it's that way right you're, you're, we're, we're in the middle of of this fight and there are as you talk about uh parents and and helping educate parents there, there are a tremendous amount of parents who feel that they are in a fight with their own school district and very often working from a deficit because it's not a subject whether we're talking about american history or, or or education in general that they know with a lot of, of detail they had trust in a system and they feel that the system System has let them down very much what I got from from reading about what you're doing at the 1776 uh, with this 1776 curriculum is about uh, helping people kind of uh, educate back up to be able in a place to be in a place to have this rational conversation so when you talk about teachers and students and parents and this is for everybody uh, let's start with those teachers 
which teachers are taking you up on this? Or maybe asked a little bit better, are teachers taking you up on this? And have they been asking for this curriculum and this information? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a former school principal, so I, I, I think that I know teachers pretty well. Um, I think the average American teacher in this country just wants to do right by the kids. And I think that they see something like our American founding, something that, of course, they're going to teach in a K-12 school, becoming politicized, and they're alarmed by that. And they wonder, you know, what should I do in order to just be a responsible steward of, you know, my my job during during this one year that I have these 20-whatever kids in front of me? Um, and we're trying, to, we're trying to give teachers those tools. Um, I, I believe in the average American teacher, and I believe in the average American student. Uh, Hillsdale works with classical charter schools across the country, and we, you know, we help local citizens start schools uh, in places where they think they need them. And these schools provide the very best to, to students, and we see that um, we see that the average American kid can really do quite a lot. Uh, this this kind of flattening that you're talking about, um, you know, making people decide is it one way or is it the other, and then rather than teaching them to ask the question, giving them the answer to the question, that is prevalent. Um, and I think teachers are frustrated by it, and I think students are capable of more nuance and more rigor uh, in their classes. So I think take this, a is look. A, uh, this is going to be welcomed by by the country at large. That's certainly our hope. Taking a look at some of your uh, recommended primary sources uh, by author, you have Frederick Douglass uh, on here, as, along with William Douglass. You have both Calvin Coolidge and Woodrow Wilson. Herbert Marcuse is on here. That's Frankfurt School. I'm not I'm not wrong about that, am I? I mean, this is no, this that's is right. an interesting listing of people that you you've got on here. Right. Well, listen, um, there are debates that have been going on in our country about the nature of government and the nature of the relationship between the citizen and the government for a long time. And there are a bunch of pretty smart people who have had different opinions about that. Uh, now, the best way to come to understand that yourself is to read the best arguments on both sides. And that's what we're trying to do with this curriculum. Give the students, you know, Woodrow Wilson's idea. Teach them about what the progressive, uh, the progressives thought that they were doing, and then ask the students, you know, how does this fit with the idea that came before? Don't tell them. Ask them. Let them read the documents for themselves. Now, I, I must ask because you know as well as I do, the comparison will be to sixteen nineteen as as I as I started uh, the conversation. But just to to an idea, not that you or Hillsdale is responsible for refuting some of the nonsense that goes on out there about people opposed to, for example, critical race theory being taught. No, they don't want to teach about America's history. Uh, but just uh, you're not responsible for that. But just to ask, does your curriculum teach about slavery? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that question that I that I mentioned early on, how how are we to understand the idea that Thomas Jefferson wrote all men are created equal while he was holding slaves? How are we to understand that? That's a big question. That's hard to figure out. Uh, You can figure it out uh, by reading what Jefferson and others wrote about the question themselves. Um, Does uh, does does your curriculum teach about racism? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. 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 the, then the let me follow it up with the full story. 
let me follow it up then with the big one. Does your curriculum teach about guilt? About guilt? Uh, it asks students to think about the posture of guilt. <laughs> um, it asks them to think about the relationship between that and, you know, and, you know, civic responsibility. Um, so it comes up, yeah. The, the curriculum does it, is, does, I would say, Does it advocate teaching a certain people that they're guilty? Uh, no, it does not. It, it, it takes the position that the, the, that when we think about Ameri- the American citizenry, we should think of them as a group of individuals, uh, not a group of people who have some particular quality in common. Um, and it, it, it traces that idea that we are equal, uh, that, that the Declaration of Independence said we are, says we are equal because of our individuality and our equal natural rights, which are held by the individual, not by the group, uh, back to even before the Declaration of Independence. Um, and so it gives students the tools to understand that idea that a particular group of, of uh, American citizens deserves different treatment than another particular group of of American citizens. It gives students the tools to evaluate that. Dr. Kathleen O'Toole, I mean, that that's where the, the people are going to look at some of these things, and I'm certainly happy to hear you say it about uh, the curriculum you've created over there at Hillsdale College, Assistant Provost for K-12 Education at Hillsdale College. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. I look forward to reviewing even more of the curriculum. Thank you so much. I've got more. I'm Tony Katz. The big networks, yeah, they're not covering President Trump's rallies. Newsmax is covering them live. Tune into Newsmax for President Trump's big rally live Saturday from Phoenix. All you have to do is text the word REMIND, R-E-M-I-N-D. Text REMIND to 39747, and Newsmax will send you all the details. That's the word REMIND to 39747. And then check out Sean Spicer and Lindsey Keith tonight. They're talking about the voting system and the issues there. Newsmax is on all major cable systems. Check your cable guide or watch Newsmax on Roku, Samsung, LG, Pluto, Zumo, and more. And you can always download the free Newsmax app on your phone. So you can check out President Trump's rally this Saturday live on Newsmax. Just text the word REMIND to 39747 and Newsmax is going to send you all the info and the breaking news on President Trump. People are watching Newsmax everywhere. Text REMIND to 39747 and watch President Trump this weekend and check out all the great shows on Newsmax like Spicer and Company, Greg Kelly, Grant Stinchfield, Cortez and Pellegrino, and a whole bunch more. Watch Newsmax today. If you missed my conversation with Congressman Jim Banks on this January 6th committee insanity, uh, I'm going to share it with you. Coming up in in the next hour, we spoke yesterday because he was placed on this committee that Nancy Pelosi is putting together. They're going to look into what happened on January 6th. It's a political tool. That's the problem. And the people who still say that January 6th is the most damaging thing that's happened to our country don't quite understand damaging things. And I'm somebody who says the riot should have been put down. And I'm one of the people who says President Trump should have been more instrumental in putting it down. But there's nothing wrong with asking the question of where was the security and why was it turned down? And what is Nancy Pelosi, a Speaker of the House, what is her culpability in this? 
But the committee already said they won't allow questions about Nancy Pelosi. So what are we talking about here? Then after I spoke to, to Congressman Banks yesterday, boom, they kick him off the committee. Him and Jim Jordan, pfft, yeah, you're out. Holy mackerel. Holy goodness gracious. So on, on the morning show, uh, he, he called in. And uh, right there, okay, what happened? What's going down? And, and what do we think about this idea that, you know, Republicans could have, have been part of the commission, but uh, they didn't want it? That's not really the story now, is it? Now, agreed, you can argue that they could have gone on the commission. They could have had more control over the thing. But do you believe that's how it would have went down? The argument that the, 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 the party, right, the Republican Party could have been a part of this. They could have controlled this, but they didn't is to dismiss the fact that in Nancy Pelosi's society and in the media society, that's not how it goes. You can't even buy into their narrative. This is a horror, but this is a fact. So how do we deal with that? But I've got that conversation with Jim Banks being removed from the committee and what Republicans have done and his thoughts on Liz Cheney. This is Tony Katz today.